I have to say thanks so much to Old Bank Music Group for allowing us to take over their studio and record the video and audio in their beautiful, beautiful place. Follow them. And also, go to the Marty Ray Project chats on YouTube if you want to watch it instead of just listen. Ben, are you able to play that by now? I have been entertaining James for an hour. This is the Marty Ray Project Chats, and I'm Marty Ray, one of the hosts of this podcast. You might know me from a beard video, a prank call, a rap song turned acoustic cover, or hopefully one of my original albums. And I'm Chris Wallen. You might know me from, where would they know me from again? You might know Chris from number one hit songs like Don't Blink by Kenny Chesney and Something to Be Proud of by Montgomery Gentry. Whether you know either one of us or not, I bet you're going to have fun here. Welcome to the project. Download, subscribe, and rate, whether you love it or not. Sound supplied by Roadcaster Pro. If you love songs like Just Got Started Loving You, In Color, and my favorite, Soldiers and Jesus, you owe a debt of gratitude in part to this man. He's a music mafia member, so he may very well make you an offer you can't refuse. He's a veteran and a friend of our very own Chris Wallen, so he's mine too, I hope. It's James Otto. Welcome to the show, brother. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Um, sorry for the technical difficulties on your end, not on ours. It's just you. <laughs> it's only uh, you. Yeah. 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 It couldn't be us. I We've mean, uh, waited for a long time for you to get here, and uh, we appreciate you finally showing up. You're a big fella. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, if you were right here, I'd tell you square to your chest how, how what I thought about you. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, we start every episode with a fast five. We ask you five quick questions, and we only ask for five quick answers. If it I gets too right long, back. we will cut you off like like an Oscar. <laughs> you ready? Play the music. Yeah, the music plays. Just shut your mouth, okay? All right, all right, all right. Here we go. What sport would be funniest if being drunk were mandatory? Oh, man. Um, quick answer. I'm going to be slow today, man. Uh, wrestling. Re- oh, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. We should try that. <laughs> You think DDP would get involved Drunk wrestling? That? Yeah, DDP's all over that. Yeah, yeah, man. He used to work in the clubs. I like that. That's a good idea. Hey, would you be interested in coming and wrestling with us drunk? Man. Uh, Tights only. No. <laughs> Tights no. only. James. After, Come on, James. After, after this whole time that we waited for you to get your stuff situated on your end, we can't get a quick wrestling match in. I mean... <laughs> I mean, uh, I'll thumb wrestle you. Nice. Man. We'll put tights on the thumbs. I like that. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. What item could you or have you purchased that has made the cashier the most uncomfortable? Mm, that's a good question. Uh, the most uncomfortable. Magnums? God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, nope. Uh, Vienna sausages. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No. Um, Is it Vienna sausage? Really, no, hell, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, <laughs> something that's made the cashier uncomfortable. Well, you, it could be something you bought, too. It don't have to be something you actually purchased, you know? Uh, <laughs> like if you went and bought some uh, Astro Glide or something, would it be weird? It might It might be. It might be weird. Uh, Band-Aids for my nipples when I run, I guess. I don't know. That is a, That would oh, be a weird man. one. I think yeah, we just – that was true, though. 
Oh, that he, was he's acting like you made that up, but that was yeah. true. We got uh, you, James. One hundred percent true. You're a Thank runner. You. you got it, buddy. I can tell you're a runner, yeah. <laughs> especially in the winter time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you run in the winter, winter time. You need you the can, nipple covers in the winter. You can run a shirt. Yeah, you yeah. will run a shirt. Trust me, I run yeah. a lot. You can't tell from the camera, but I'm a I'm a very avid runner. Yeah, three hundred pound men don't run. Yeah, unless I'm being chased by a bear. <laughs> yeah, then you're going to run. My grandpa actually outrun a bear. He outran a bear. Did he really? It was on. The, it was on a newspaper, Lord. actually. Really? Yeah, wow. yeah. I ran a black bear. Wow. I don't even know if black bears are fast. Are they fast? That faster than you'd want to try to escape yeah. from, I'd guess. Well, they're not faster than my popo. I'll wow. tell you that right now. <laughs> I know that. Hey, I'd be fun. a lot faster if I was being chased by a bear. I can promise you that. I'd, I'd set the record for me. <laughs> you know what? Instead of wrestling, let's do that. All right, drunk, drunk running from bears. Drunk yeah. bear running, like the running with the yeah. bulls. Yeah, running with the bulls, <laughs> running with the bears. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that wouldn't be something to watch. I tell you, <laughs> where is the most inappropriate place that you pass gas? Mm, let's see here. Or farted most for the layman's term. Place. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, is that when you like uh, you give your wife the the, the Dutch oven? Pull the covers up over her head. And nice. And let it rip. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, is that the most inappropriate? Not, not in a bank or at a show you were uh, playing? Church, probably. Church. Mm. I've been there. <laughs> during this during this podcast. Have oh, you ever man. Have you ever been <laughs> during this podcast? <laughs> Many times. Trust me. Yes. <laughs> There's been times when I just lay them on Chris. On, I save them up to oh, lay them man. on Chris to see how his face looks. Golly. Oh, bet, man. Have y'all ever done this right here? Like snuck one out in a restaurant? Have you ever done that? I try to sneak them out. Yeah. Sometimes you, sometimes you, know, sometimes you get busted. Man, yeah, sometimes I, right. they I, don't I, sneak. You ever snuggle one out in the, uh, like the grocery store aisle and then somebody comes down the aisle Ooh, like and you're by t- yourself? <laughs> I thought I was all by oh. myself and I'm like, oh man, ain't nobody here. And I let it go and then all of a sudden here, <laughs> right around the corner, here comes this woman with a kid. old lady. <laughs> oh, that's like sport, dude. That, you, oh, that, man. you do that for fun. <laughs> yeah. It's like on the airplane. When you're sitting on the airplane and you just got to travel and you just let it go real quiet like and then act like somebody else did. That's exactly what I do. I'm, I'm being dead serious. On the airplane, <laughs> I will let it go. Like I'll be, I, you, it's, a, it's an art to sneaking them out. Like You have to learn that, oh, yeah. that craft, don't you, James? Me and you yeah, know, man. we're big guys. Marty, we know. you can't be obvious, dude. I, I don't want to be the one to tell you, but they knew. Did they know? <laughs> they know. He's like, he's like, I didn't want to be the I knew. They knew. I yeah. knew it was you. Oh, yeah. I have done that on a plane and blamed it on my little brother who was sitting beside me. I'd go, man, ugh, dude. Man, we're farting, dude. I called, it, I called the attendant on him. <laughs> I'm like, he's farting now. I ain't. I can't do it. And he's like, man, that was you. I'm like, okay, sure. This is not first class. <laughs> How you know? How you know where I sit first on a plane? Farter. You can fart on first class yeah. only. Yeah, totally. They All right, uh, Chris, you're taking up too much time here. Um, segwaying into the fourth question, the weirdest smell you've ever smelled. Man, these questions. Um, <laughs> the weirdest smell I've ever smelled. That's a good question. God, you guys got to make me think hard. Um, I don't know. It had to probably been uh, during the diaper phase of my child. That was, uh, oh. there was some crazy. There's some crazy scents going on there for sure. Mm-mm-mm. You should you should smell my diaper phase. <laughs> it's not good. I yeah. have. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in it right now, yeah. Chris. <laughs> I know. Yeah. 
Depends are made for podcasts. That's they really are. You can't get up yeah, and go look, to the bathroom in the middle of a podcast. Yeah, look, just go ahead and handle it right there. I think it's called uh, – what, what are the ones now that uh, the, for the men that Shaq was – I think Shaq was actually the uh, – servers like an athlete. Dude, Shaq will hawk anything, He man. would do anything. Oh, my God. It could be a, anything. It doesn't matter what it is. He can get crazy. in for a commercial. He yeah, he'll so literally hawk anything. Items. It's like, wow. He doesn't give a shit. No. Know. I think that was one of his commercials, actually, right there. <laughs> yeah, I think that was. I think that was actually for the Depends. Right yeah, that there. was yeah, actually for the Shack Depends. Yeah. I, I, I watched this thing. That's like, the tagline. I yeah. Don't give a- <laughs> yeah, exactly. I watched this thing the other day. They were talking about uh, uh, New York City, the when the apple drops. Yeah. On New Year's, and they said that like apple, it's just a ball. Well, whatever it is, big apple, ball, whatever. When your balls drop, <laughs> when, when your balls when drop, your balls on, drop in New York, and, and and yeah, and the apple comes down and your balls drop. Right, yeah. Um, <laughs> it, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, they said that they sell like hundreds of thousands of uh, of adult underwear, like. What people? Oh, just so pe- they can hang out. So and, they can and, because you can't. There's no bathrooms. There's you mean those people are walking around in diapers. People buy that diapers. That actually makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense because I've been to New York City on New Year's Eve wearing a and diaper. There are so no, no, I didn't wear a diaper. We couldn't <laughs> even get in. Like we were all the way at the very, very back. There were so many people there, and there was absolutely no place to go to the bathroom. And they, the people that are there at the front, have been there for hours and hours and hours since the morning. Yeah, people show up. Early Early oh. in the morning, so that they can be there when the ball drops at midnight, and yeah. there is no place for them to go. The, a lot, there's like thousands of people with diapers. They actually uh. wear diapers so they can stay there. You mean you're? I'm sitting there That's, talking to somebody on the in the front area. I'm like, "How you doing?" He's like, "I'm doing." <laughs> yeah. Is that right? It's so much less glamorous. Yeah. It's so much less glamorous than it does on TV when you see them counting it down. I know. You right? know that everybody's got a in their drawers. So That's yeah. no good. Oh. Let me tell you something. You don't see that on a Hallmark movie. You don't. <laughs> they don't mention that. Uh, mm. Man, that's just weird. Uh, is that not weird? It is. Bunch of grown people walking around in diapers this, just to watch need the, them. Just to watch the apple ball drop. <laughs> What's it's weird, man. Ball? Man, the things I learn on y'all's podcast, it's amazing. Isn't that something? Uh, speaking <laughs> yeah. of which, Shaq has are a wealth of information. Shaq uh, has a tampon commercial coming out soon, so be on the lookout <laughs> for that. <laughs> Uh, last question: What part of a kids' movie scared you when you were growing up, or maybe even now? Uh, what part of a kids' movie scared me? Yeah, I don't know. Those Harry, those Harry Potter movies get kind of scary. Do they? Uh, there's there's some dark in there. Yep. Yeah. I don't know, man. That's a that's that's a strange question. That's a that's a that's that's that takes me way back. When you were growing testing up, testing my memories. Did you watch horror movies? Not horror movies, oh God, but yeah. horror. Absolutely. Horror. Yeah, horror. Some horror movies. Not horror movies. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I watched I watched all the good ones back in the day, like Halloween and, and uh, oh, Friday the 13th and the, the, the uh, um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, Nightmare all that on good Elm stuff, Street, man. yeah. Did any yeah, of those scare you at all? Me as kid. I mean, you know, it was always kind of dumb, dumb uh, uh, you know, kind of dumb movies, but uh, yeah, I suppose they did at the time. Yeah, well, they never scared me, so I'm bigger than you, okay? <laughs> that's what i'm gonna get on my t-shirt and it's gonna be on my website i'm, I'm bigger, bigger than, than james otto <laughs> <laughs> i can't get taller but i sure am fatter you know what i mean <laughs> so 
You lost, James, what I'm saying. <laughs> hey, hey, look, I can catch you. I can put on weight with the best of them. Oh, yeah? Oh, we'll see about yeah, that. like I said, oh, dude. watch out. I told you, my COVID-40, man. Dude, we're doing, we're, we're starting to do food reviews on this thing, Oh, man. that's and so I, dangerous. And I'm like, I'm like, man, I'm going to have to work out the entire time except for the times we're doing food reviews. <laughs> mm. Yeah, we're going to work out, James. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love I love food, man. That's my favorite thing. I, I I I've been trying to drop weight this like this last two weeks. I started uh, getting on a diet, and there's all these Christmas cookies and oh, all my God. coming in the house, and I'm like, man, this is the worst time in the world to try to lose weight. But um, here I am. <laughs> Why would you start? I've never a diet? been known for my good decisions. <laughs> Why would you start a diet right before Christmas, though, James? <laughs> Because uh, the entire year I've I've acted like a complete jerk and just eaten whatever I wanted to. That's why. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's, you, I'm getting a jump start on January first. <laughs> you know that uh, you're gonna fail come next week. No, right? I, I might fail for the day. That's really I'm okay with failing for the day. But uh, uh, as long as I don't fail all month long, I, I'm gonna feel like I won. Well, I want you to report back if you don't eat leftovers the next day after Christmas, okay? <laughs> I want you to see it because we'll all celebrate with you if you achieve that. All right, all right. I appreciate it. Thanks for the vote of confidence. <laughs> yeah, I believe in you. <laughs> I you will you make it. believe how fat I can get? Shaq yeah. said you will make it. Um, I think he does He does a Slim Fast commercial, too. I'm sure he does. He does everything. <laughs> he does. Or some kind of commercial like that. But anyway, into the interview. That was great. We love that. Uh, we're probably going to end it there when we edit it. Nice. That'll be it. Um, quick story about Chris Wallen here. And, and I, we were driving down the road one day talking about songs. And he brought your name up. And I said, I tell you what, man. One of my favorite songs is Soldiers and Jesus. I sure love that song. Oh, thanks, brother. I love that. I and, that. And Chris is, I'm just telling him all about this song, and I sung a little <laughs> bit of it. I sung, he let me sing a little bit of it. Really? <laughs> he was just and singing just it like, to me. Soldiers <laughs> and Jesus. He's like, uh-huh, yeah. I wrote that with him. <laughs> I'm like, no, you didn't. He goes, yeah, I literally had to Google it. And I was he like, literally Googled it right in front of me. Like, oh, you did, That's huh? awesome. Oh, you I did, said, really? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, let's look at this. Let's just check you out. <laughs> you can't write that good. <laughs> But sure enough, yeah, he can. That was, that was Chris's hook, man. That was Chris's hook. He brought it that day, and and uh, um, man, I love that song too. Man, that's my one of my favorite songs for real. Now I'm I not just saying that because you're here. Thank you. I don't like anything mm. else you've done, and I don't even like the look on your face. I don't blame you. <laughs> but I like look. I like that song. <laughs> if you was right in front of me, I wouldn't say that. But I promise you, no, I across this computer I screen, <laughs> I don't like you, James. <laughs> Man, isn't funny Look, how brave I don't like myself. People, I get it. Brave people get like, especially online and stuff. How brave they get. They really like, do. Listen, man, that's a problem too. Because people will go say anything online, especially if they're anonymous. I get those comments all the time. They're like, "You should, you should give up and die." And I'm like, "Cause I'm, cause you don't like my singing. I should give up and die and die. Really? Like that's the yeah. best you can come people, up with." <laughs> People turn into real assholes when they, when you can't punch them in the face. They really yeah. do. You know what? They I really like do. James, you look like yeah. a guy that's punched a couple of people in the face. Is that accurate or not? It has absolutely happened. And I haven't punched my last person in the face either. You know what? What about you and me tag team UFC match against Chris and Ben? I'm in. Yeah. We got them. We'll uh, take them. Yeah. 
Tag you got to talk to my manager. <laughs> Hey, manager uh, said it's good. We don't have to wear tights, do we? <laughs> no tights, just uh, really. Oh, I'm those. wearing tights. Oh well, then you're going to win. <laughs> you because I ain't getting close to you. He's trying. <laughs> Chris is bringing his his crotch grind over. He's like crotch grind. I'm wearing tights in my mind. So James, Dude, when you're as fat as me, everything's tight. Yeah, boy, tell me. Oh man, <laughs> I used to enjoy getting ready in the morning. That's all. <laughs> that's all. That's all. That's it. No joke. No joke. No joke just, that's just it. That's I, the joke. I, I, I am the to. joke. I'm the joke. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Take the camera off me. Cut. Give me a minute, Cut. Chris. Talk to shame. him. Talk to him, Chris. <laughs> Chris. Ah. No, say something, Chris, please. Oh, me. <laughs> I actually started crying there for a minute. Nah, Thinking about my husky you. days. Husky. Husky jeans. We were talking about <clears throat> husky jeans. Yeah, speaking of which, how tall were you, say, in seventh grade? Mm, you know, the funny thing is, man, I'm. I, we talked about this earlier. I'm 6'5". I was pro- in seventh grade, I probably was 6'2". Six 6'2 two. Six two in the seventh grade? Yeah. That don't scare yeah. me none. No, I was... I was uh, <laughs> <laughs> how big old I boy are you? How big old boy are you? Yeah, <laughs> pretty damn big. Um, I stopped growing height-wise in, in like ninth grade, and then everything else just started getting wider and fatter from there. Mm. Well, you say you're fat, but you really don't look that fat. That's the truth. You, he don't look that fat, does he? Mm-mm. Maybe we'll get you to stand up well, take I, your shirt off by the end of the show, but <laughs> yeah. right now in Dude, that shirt. Come here. Let me show you. <laughs> you don't look fat to me. I look I at myself. It. Well, I in that camera when yep. he keeps showing it to me, and I am a chunky-looking sucker, man. <laughs> Look at that. I'm talking about Chunk City. Look at that. Look at these cheeks. Man. They look like Santa Claus. Oh, buddy. Me, me and Marty's well, going to start. I ain't skinny. I'll say that. Me and Marty's going to start a new, like a, a strip group uh-huh. called the Chunkendales. Chunk- <laughs> hey, I could fit in there, dude. We're going to be doing the different, though. We're going to come out, like, naked yeah. first and then people are going to throw money at us to put our clothes back on. Yes, We're going to make millions of dollars. You in, James? <laughs> you in? Hell yeah. Absolutely. We, we got to get James Absolutely. in on something. I think we just found it. Chunk he saw the money. You got it. The he saw the money. Oh, yeah. Yep. Chunkendales dancers. <laughs> Chris Farley inspired us. They don't want to see They don't want to see these quarter pounders that I got going on here. Nobody yeah. wants to see those. You don't want put your no- clothes back on. <laughs> you don't want none of this Dewey Cox. <laughs> Dewey Cox. <laughs> I like that movie, but you know the part I don't like every time? I, I don't like seeing when when he's sitting in the bedroom and he's down there and then this guy just walks nonchalantly standing there yes. with a wiener over his I shoulder. Know. I'm, I'm just like, sitting why? there going, why would they? Uh, they just, that's just not that kind of comedy, man. man. Yeah, it's, I don't yeah. like it. I don't want to see his wiener. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. I don't, I don't believe you. I, you don't protest too much. <laughs> don't show me his wiener. I'm, don't. Show it to me. I don't. I won't. <laughs> I'm in a no wiener zone. <laughs> so, uh, growing up, you played the fiddle and the saxophone, which is shocking. Good segue, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, we talk about winners. <laughs> we go right into horns. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Those horns you blow on. Uh, yeah. You blow on horns you blow and we talk about winners. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you blew winners. I, I mean horns for? growing up. Yeah. So, I, uh, yeah, the first instrument I played was, was the fiddle because it was like the one instrument 
one class that my school offered and they had like a teacher that would come in. It uh, wasn't actually like she'd go to all the different schools. So I, I grew grew up in North Dakota and we didn't have a lot of options for, you know, getting into music. You, you could play the recorder in music class, but they didn't have a lot of options in grade school to start learning an instrument. I knew I wanted to start learning. And uh, there was a gal that came and taught fiddle. Uh, once a week. Um, and I started learning that and I did it for about two years and, uh, I didn't really like it that much. I was terrible at it and I drove my mom crazy. Uh, and so I quit that. And then I started playing saxophone in sixth grade when I moved to Washington, they had a band class and, um, because I was big as hell, they wanted me to carry the tuba. They wanted me to play oh, the, tuba the tuba and carry the tuba home every day. I can see if, that. If there's anything, if there's anything more uncool than the tuba uh, in sixth grade, I'm not sure what it is. But I was definitely not going to impress the ladies with my tuba skills. Um, and I didn't want to carry it home, so I decided to play the saxophone. And I played that for about six years. And, uh, um you know, I, I started playing guitar in ninth grade, I think, eighth or ninth, I think eighth grade, actually. Yeah, I got one for from my dad, um, and that kind of changed my life. You still play the saxophone today? Hell no, I can't play any of it. I, I, I don't even think I could get a note out of one anymore. Son of a, that's probably because you're so big. That's probably what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're too big for the saxophone. You ain't Kenny G anymore, you know what I mean? No, I don't have the hair for that, man. He really had some some hair. He got to have that flowing hair that Yeah. He, he really had something going on, that fro that he had. Yeah, hair and nose. It just takes hair and nose, and you got it. <laughs> yeah. I Actually, oddly enough, my family used to listen to a lot of Kenny G. Oh, really? Yeah. Did y'all? No, I mean I heard. No, it wasn't it wasn't big in my house, but uh, no, Mark, no. Well, Kenny was actually coming in today. Cool. You know, I guess I better tell him. <laughs> let me cancel Kenny. Ben, can you cancel Kenny? It's not gonna. It's gonna be a, a very violent area for Kenny. He's he's not happy when people don't listen to his music. <laughs> um, so, how long before you wrote your first song on the guitar when you started playing? You know, I wrote a couple in high school. I wrote I wrote some in high school, and they were all terrible. Um, but it was, you know, it was the beginning of something. It was, it was something I knew that I wanted to try to do and I knew I wasn't good enough, but, um, I was probably in 10th grade, 10th or 11th grade. And I played, I played songs, you know, like I'd, I'd get up and sing it at, uh, uh, the, uh, talent, uh, you know, like the, yeah, they'd have like a shootout at the school, say who had had the most talent and all that stuff. I'd get up and play guitar and sing songs, and um, but I never actually aired like one of my songs for anybody. But besides, like my buddy, we we had a little band that we were in high school, to, uh, and we'd play our songs for each other. But uh, that's about as far as it got until I got to Nashville. Now, did you win the talent shows? I got second to a kid that played piano. Um, and, uh, you know, that was the, that was the end of my, uh, my talent show in high school. I was like, I'm, I'm not, uh, losing to the 12 year old playing piano again. I'm going to, I'm going to move on and try something else. <laughs> and now you're a legend, man. I tell you uh, what, no, let's, that, that's overselling it, but I appreciate it, man. First time I ever heard James, it was, it was a place it was at the broken spoke cafe. Yes, and sir. I, that's where we met and a lot, met a lot of people there. And, uh, there, there was a, there's a, uh, like a tuning room behind the broken spoke, uh, the soundboard where people went back there and tune. And we always stayed back there and, you know, and, and talked to people that was coming in and until it was our time to sing. And we were all talking and man, James started singing on stage and we all shut up and was like, 
who the heck is that? And we all come <laughs> out and and saw James. And it was like, man, just, I mean, just got one of the best voices that ever came to town. I mean, did just, you? Oh, thanks, brother. I appreciate <clears throat> that. Oh, man. Did you throw your underwear on the stage, Chris? I did. I did. He don't remember that. He don't remember that. But uh, I mean, the way you're talking, you know, it got serious that night. Oh, it did. Let me tell you, it yeah. did. From then on, oh, we've been friends ever since. Though honestly, we Chris and I have been friends for over 20 years because of oh, the, those old Spoke days, man. I, oh man, the Broken Spoke was uh, was uh, like revolutionary for me. When I got to town, um, I was you know driving truck probably 50 hours a week, and every night I would show up to the Broken Spoke and listen to guys like Chris play um, and all these amazing songwriters. And, and like songwriters clubs were really a thing back then. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. I, in Nashville, it's not really a thing anymore. They're, they're most of them are closed or gone and which is sad as hell but i learned to write songs um from going there and watching those shows uh and and talking to songwriters and trying to book co-writes with guys like chris or tony lane or uh, reese wilson and um all those people there man that that really was a huge thing for me it, it changed my life and and it was kind of the beginning of go oh wow i got a long way to go if, if you don't write like these guys then you, you don't have a chance and so you really got to step up your game i was talking about this the other day i said you know uh, uh i'm doing this online course thing songwriting course and i put in there i was like man i used to get my butt kicked i remember i remember going every time i went to the spoke you know uh, you know i'd get up and i would first you'd be i'd be so excited to you know, to getting around with some of these people. But then you realize you have to follow yeah. Tony Lane that yeah, just basically yeah. he, he plays one chord and the crowd just shuts up. It's like silent. it's yep. silent. The room, as soon yeah. as he starts singing, it's just like, shoo. and I, I just remember, oh, <laughs> I'm supposed. That's what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> oh, that's that's okay. the bar. That's the bar. That's okay. the bar. And anything under that, everybody's gonna be talking over you, and they don't really give. They're not gonna pay any attention to you because yeah, I'm like, I thought, Tony Lane's gonna whoop your ass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, I, I thought yeah. what's on the radio is the bar. Oh, <laughs> right. This is exactly. The bar. <laughs> that ain't the bar, right? No. Songwriters clubs are brutal. They'll, they'll let you know real quick. When did y'all actually write "Soldiers and Jesus"? together or we all even uh, I was, together I was on oh yeah oh yeah we were, i was on warner brothers on um, warner, and yeah. i was i was making my second album it was after just got started loving you so it had to be what 2010 chris yeah probably think? that's probably about right somewhere around there that sounds about right yep. yeah yeah i think did, it was did you write just got started loving you is that yours as well yes i did i, I wrote that with uh jim femino and d vincent williams yes sir and you also if i'm not mistaken wrote part of in color right yeah, i wrote in color with jamie johnson and lee mm -hmm. thomas miller that's right that right there that song is that made you a lot of money i'm sure yeah yeah and you know um it did real well for us it, it, and what it did more than that even more than money was just credibility you know what oh, i mean it's what a great songs. song i mean just that song to this day it holds up i mean and it will hold up for years to come just a great piece of music i love that man song. thank you it really is um we it that was that was one of those things where um actually jamie johnson had been at my house the night before and uh, uh we were watching ufc and the next day 
um, my co-writer had canceled on me. And I texted Jamie. I said, what are you up to this morning? You want to get together and write a song? He said, yeah, I'm just about to sit down with Lee Miller. Why don't you come join us? So I rolled over there that day, and, and literally four hours later, man, it was born. It's crazy. That's nice. One of those God things. Indeed. Oh, it always man. is like that for the, the legendary songs, it seems like. When you moved to Nashville, was your goal to be a writer or an artist? I thought you had to be a writer to be an artist. Um, you know, I... I had looked at credits before on, on, uh, albums and all that stuff, but it was mostly musicians that I looked at. And I thought that I, I thought George Strait wrote all those songs. I had no idea he didn't write any of those songs. I just didn't know. So I thought you had to, I thought you had to be a writer. And, and, um, so it was just part of the game for me. I, w I was going down there to figure it out and to figure out the game. So, um, I wanted to write songs. I didn't have any idea how to do it when I got to town. Not, not, not in the way that I've learned to now. It's a craft, you know. It's something that you got to spend a lot of hours doing to get good at, and um, so it was. It was just, you know, something I had to do. How old did you say you were when you moved to Nashville? Well, I moved. I got out of the military in '95 and spent two years back home playing clubs. So I was probably uh, 22 or 23. Did oh yeah, I, I was twenty three. Did I read correctly? You, you brought up the Navy. Were you were you born on a on an Army base? Yeah, my dad was in the military for twenty seven years. Um, I was born in uh, Madigan Hospital in, up in uh, uh, Washington, up at Tacoma. It's uh, uh, I think. Let's see, then it, it was Fort Lewis. I think it's Lewis McCord now. Uh, that's a combined Army and Air Force base, but. Uh, um. Yeah, I was I was born on on McCord or uh, Fort Lewis. How long did you grow up on the army base, or did you move quickly after being born from it, or what? Now my folks divorced when I was really young, um, and uh, I I ended up moving from Fort Lewis, going back to North Dakota, which where's all my family originates, and lived uh you know on my grandparents' farm for years and years, and and uh, um. You know, I've lived all over the world now. I've been in almost 30 different countries uh, while I was in the service. I've, I've, I've uh, um, lived in a bunch of different states over the time. You know, moved back and forth between my parents a bunch over the years. And, um, you know, just got a little bit of everything. The what, army brat thing. <laughs> what is, like, when you were growing up, what caused you to say, you know what, I'm going, I'm going to get to Nashville someday, or was that just a spur of the moment thing? I'm going to get to Nashville, no. and at 28 years old, it came to fruition. Uh, 23. But uh, 23. the reason I knew I wanted to move to Nashville uh, when I was in high school. I, I, in fact, I graduated high school and moved to Seattle, which was the closest town to me that had a music scene, right? Mm. It wasn't a country music scene because it was 1992 when I graduated. You were almost so, grunge. Yeah, that's it. I went up, but I went up there trying looking for a country band. I went uh -oh. up there looking for country music. I figured, well, there's there's music up there. There's got to be, you know, there's got to be country music. And there were people up there that played. There was one country band up there that I that was pretty famous and played all over the Northwest called Led Stetson, which is probably the greatest uh, <laughs> country Stet band. I love ever. that. It's it's amazing. I Such love a great that. name. Led and, uh, Stetson. Um, <laughs> 
I wasn't even old enough to get in to see them. Like I wasn't even old enough to get in because I was 19. I couldn't get into the bars. I couldn't go to the clubs. Um, But, uh, you know, I kind of got myself in financial trouble living up there for a while. And my dad told me, said, look, um, you can come home. And if you come home, you're going to go to college which I knew I wasn't going to do because I was a terrible student. Um, I didn't care about school at all. All I cared about was music. I, you know, I graduated high school with like a 2.0 because I was playing guitar eight hours a day. I did not give a damn about school. All I wanted to do was music. And um, I moved home and joined the military. I joined the Navy because my dad, being a drill sergeant, I'd already had, uh, you know, 18 years of, uh, of uh, Army so I said, hell with that. I'm going to join the, the Navy. And, and I did that. And it took me overseas and I saw the world and I came back with the determination to, to get it together and move to Nashville. And it took me about two years to finally pull the trigger on that. But I, I did it. At 23 years old, I moved to town. How long did it take you when you got here to actually start getting some love from the labels or anybody? Mm. You know, um, I started playing the clubs, the the songwriters clubs pretty much right away. Uh, And it took me about two years to get my first publishing deal. And from there, I got a record deal within like a year or two of that. So how long before you got involved with the music mafia and what's the initiation? Like you got to get beat in or how's that work? (laughs) Blood in, blood Uh, out. Yeah, Yeah, man. Um, I think, uh, music mafia started taking off while I was on Mercury at the time I was on Mercury records. And uh, I'm trying to think of what year that actually would have been. I can't even remember, but it was, you know, John Richard started coming out and, and seeing me play and, and where we met at the broken spoke. And then he invited me out to go do something else. And we became fast friends. Like we were buddies right away. And then the music mafia thing started just, you know, it was, a group of friends that decided that we were more powerful together than we were as individuals. And we started uh, creating a night. It was Tuesday nights in Nashville. Um, and we had a place uh, called the pub of love and we were started putting on a show there every week. And it just started packing in more and more people every week. And it was, um, it really like a, a circus like atmosphere, man. I mean, if you could get up there and juggle fire uh, and hold the the audience's attention, you got the stage. You know what I mean? It was King of the Hill style. You could you could be on stage as long as the audience was was into it. And as soon as you started losing their losing that momentum, they pulled you, and the next guy goes up and starts rocking and uh man that went on for for a number of years and uh those guys we you know we we made a dent we left a a, a scar on, on the town i I'd, I'd like to to think i guess well so you're saying that people would come and your show would be designed in such a way that the the fans of the crowd determined who stayed mm-hmm. on the on the stage and who didn't basically yeah how did yeah, that work if, if you so, were up there tomatoes or what they start throwing stuff they start booing (laughs) how do you know when to kick somebody off you could tell when you go to a show and you go well people are talking or are they watching are they enthralled with what you're doing or you know are they kind of indifferent and once you got to that place where they were like well kind of indifferent we just make the determination that the next guy goes up and uh uh it just worked like that you know i don't remember any big discussions being had about it it was more like we want to put on the best show we possibly can and we want it to be 
uh, interesting and exciting, and we wanted to go on pretty much all night long, and they did four or five hours uh, is how long those things would usually last. Man, I, I come to a few of those, and uh, you know, Corey, Corey Gearman, yep, get, got me up, uh, got me up and played. It's weird. I just played a verse and a chorus, and they said, "Okay, that's it." And they yeah. got me down. Then James, the yeah, enforcer, and, comes. And, and they said, <laughs> "No, okay, off. that's good enough, Chris." <laughs> and then they left. It's so weird, but anyway. No, uh, but it, it, it you're right though. It had such an atmosphere that it and, and what I loved about it, it was so diverse. Like you would get rappers up there, you would get it was yep. it's, you never knew what kind of music was gonna come up there, and and it, it was a really cool thing. It was uh, and it was like you said, it was packed out. I actually read, and, I actually read that Kid Rock, Three Doors Down, Bon Jovi, and Cisco. Was at that show at one of those shows? That's yeah, nuts. man. We got all kinds of people. We had we had movie stars showing up. We had you know, is it was weird. It was like it was a Tuesday night, so it was a night that you wouldn't think anything would be going on. Um, and anybody that was coming to town started hearing that if you're in town and you got nothing to do, that's the thing to go see. That's that's the place to be. Yeah, and and it really became the hot ticket in town on those nights people would just come out and man we'd rage all night long it was it was a wild party pretty much every night and we and were having a blast doing it yeah and then after that every every place in town that had somebody had the word mafia behind it really yep, like, still, well, it, still oh, some of them do there's yeah. it's amazing like 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 mm-hmm. in, they, they tried to like emulate you know like like they were the the next one or the and, what do you right. mean? Give me a for instance. Well, the, uh, there was a bunch of. I, there's I, the cart. There, my, my my buddies do the cartel. There's yeah. Uh, there's, uh, um, there's a whole bunch of them that had like mafia or, or something else in them to try to you know there pull was some a, of that into it. There was like the music mafia two or something like. There, the, it was actually had the word music mafia or something like that. And it was like there was like three or four of them. Is like no, there, there, there was only one. Mm. <laughs> that's, a, that's like there's a lot of people that you know say, oh yeah, I was, I, you know, a broken spoker, you know, but that they weren't the originals, you know. That they're right, like, oh, right. later on, I was like, no, that's that's when everybody had left, and it was just it was just a songwriting place. But later right. on, but I was like right. in the early days. That was the spoke, you know. Yeah, <laughs> man. I, I feel Absolutely. the same way about music mafia. I was like, no, back in the day, that, that you know, that was the original. That was you know, I, the best. I feel very blessed to have been part of both those things. You know, I think, uh, like like at the broken spoke, it's you know, steel sharpens steel. You know what I mean? It makes you better. You, you get up there, and and if you know you have to compete against Chris Wallen. You're gonna bring your best, and you and you're gonna work all hard all week long to make sure that you have a better song to play the next week, so you don't get your ass kicked quite as bad. And I think that the same thing that happened with Music Mafia, with it being that King of the Hill style show, you made sure to bring your A game because otherwise you weren't getting any stage time, and nobody was giving a shit about you. And the cream rises to the top that way. It makes you stronger, and it makes you better. How many people showed up on Tuesday night to those shows? God, I don't even know. We moved club to club for a long time. It, it started growing. We started at this really tiny place uh, and grew into some of the biggest clubs in Nashville, and we're packing them out. You know, was it Cannery? So, what, what was it? The Cannery? We did, we did Cannery Ballroom. Yeah, we did uh, the the upstairs though before yeah. they built the downstairs venue. We were upstairs. Right, you know, it was 
Yeah, and we did uh, Have a Nice Day Cafe, which I think now it was the listening room, and now it's something else. So we, but we had like these big clubs, man. It was it was some of the biggest clubs in town, and we were we were filling them up. And um, five hundred people doing it, man. Five hundred thousand people. Uh, I'd I'd say you know four or five hundred people. Yeah, yeah. I'd say four or five hundred. Yeah, just yeah. shoulder to shoulder. Everybody got diapers on yeah some nights <laughs> just yeah diapers. Man. you know what i mean man, just trying to get there early the original diaper yeah, yeah man. started it that's the new year's apple drop of nashville <laughs> music mafia you know what i'm saying ain't it james yes, sir. ain't it james yeah, agree man. with me agree with me <laughs> i'm with you yeah I'm, say I'm, y'all I'm wore diapers it, say it yeah, right well, we just we're doing I'm it right, a diaper now. right now music, <laughs> music mafia diapers no but what are the chances what are the chances of there ever being a a reunion of sorts of the music mafia. Who knows, man? Who knows? You know, there's a lot of big personalities in that outfit, and and uh, uh, everybody's kind of gone their separate ways. I still love all those cats. You know, I got uh, lots of great memories from all that stuff. Um, but you know, you get in that kind of organization, and um, and that that kind of scenario where you have all the different artists and all the different egos that go along with those artists. Um, the more success starts to happen, the more egos start to get uh, blown out of proportion and, and yeah. things just, you know, can have the tendency to get weird, you know? So um, I had a lot of great years doing that. I have a lot of great memories of it. Um, I'm proud of, of a lot of that time. And then there's, you know, other parts of it that, that weren't as happy and weren't as satisfying. And, and I'm, uh, happy doing my own thing. Um, if that ever came up and all my friends, and if it was, if it was for fun and it was, you know, in that kind of spirit of the original spirit of what we did it for, which was, uh, for the love of each other and trying to build each other up, I'd be down. Yeah. Now let's talk about some of those things you just mentioned, but didn't mention the bad things you didn't like about it. <laughs> you want to talk about that? Give me one. I just curious. What, what do you mean by that? Uh, you know, I'm not going to call out any individual. I just think that, you know, like I said, when when everybody's, you know, selling a bunch of records, everybody's making a bunch of money, everybody's drinking a bunch of liquor and doing whatever they're doing and gets up in their own head. Uh, yeah. Shit gets sideways, man. Oh, you yeah. Know? Uh, egos. E egos. Egos. Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think that's what brought it down. I think uh, that had it a had a kind of stuck to its original thing and um i think it probably would still be around but it, it was said to me by a uh record label head uh early on before uh while everything was still rocking that he said that music mafia would be brought down by its own weight and he was exactly right it was it was basically you know everybody starts starts looking out for themselves instead of looking out for the collective mm. You know, I, I think about, you know, stuff like that. And now if something like that nowadays happened, the cool thing about that would be, you know, I mean, to li live stream all that, I think it could have yeah, been man. huge if it, if, if you Me had that too. technology back then that we have now the, where you could do like mm -hmm. this whole live stream thing and then let everybody in on it. And, man, yeah. I, I really think that um the, the, there's i think a, it could too yeah i th i think i think it, it would be it would have if you could get the spirit of the thing to come right. through your monitor you know what i mean yeah. instead of watching it on a on a phone there's such an energy in a room like that when when you know 
the show's going and it keeps getting stronger with each person that goes up. Uh, it just built a crazy energy uh, that you could feel and, and that drew people in. You know what I mean? Right. So if you could translate that through a screen, that'd be pretty amazing. If y'all are asking me if I want to join Music Mafia 4. Let's do it. I'm Come in. On, you four. ain't got to beg me. You know what I mean? <laughs> Music Mafia 4. Yeah. I mean, we're doing it. It's, a, it's, I mean. a, it's what is it called? A quadruplet? What, it, what is it? Not a sequel. Not a. Yeah, Marty. Anyway. No, no. So, Chris, uh, what is so, it called? <laughs> so anyway, man. No, you uh, were talking about. So, <laughs> shut up, Chris. Let me talk. <laughs> I haven't talked enough. Um, speaking of which, are you coming to the chili cook-off, uh, James? You chili cook-off? chili cook-off? Yeah. Oh, hell, I love chili. Yeah, we'll send you some. I got a big pot in the fridge Stay I just car. made. <laughs> we'll just bring one out. Chris will bring it out. He's We try to keep his clothes on. Anyway, you were talking try. about... Uh, you try. You were talking about how egos divided the, the thing, and it reminded me of a scripture mm-hmm. that says, a kingdom divided against itself always falls. So that's what happens yep. every time something good like that happens people start letting their they say i did this and i did this but it wasn't we did this and then it falls and that's what happened with music mafia yeah i think there's some of that and i think you know it it just it it became uh harder and harder to to keep everybody together because the the original intent of it kind of I don't know, got dissipated somehow. And it's sad that that's the case, but hey, man, all great things got to come to an end. And and I also think that everybody just kind of grew up and started having kids, started having responsibilities, started having all the things that pull you away from, um, you know, that kind of thing. Everybody starts hearing the siren songs of of having children and having to change those diapers and having to to be a, a different person. And so, you know, your obligations become different as well. It wasn't just egos. It was everybody's obligations became more than just to their own success. It became, right. you know, hey, I'm, I'm a dad now, or I have this business I got to run, or I have all of these things going on. Um, and everybody deserves a little bit of, of blame and all that stuff. But ultimately, um, I'm proud of those days and proud of, of the music that was made. And, and I still love all those guys. Do you attribute? Else. Go ahead. No, I was just going to no, make no, a stupid go. joke. Oh, go ahead, make it. Make a stupid joke. Well, yeah. well now, it's, now it's not a well, joke. Well, time's gone now. You screwed it up. I know. <laughs> I know. See? No. Yeah. Go I was going to say, uh, yeah. th- th- you know, this is happening to us right now because I'm at, you know, 450 TikTok followers. Yeah. When I hit 500, <laughs> it's he's probably going to get weird, you know? He's looking for another. Because he, he's going to look at me like. Differently. You know? Yeah, I will. I, I, I will it. look at I you different. It. Yeah. That was a stupid joke. You're right. I know. Um, <clears throat> Speaking You're of. welcome. Now I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> now the the smart stuff is not coming out now because you had <laughs> stupid joke. Yeah. There was smart stuff? You know what? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. know. Yeah. You know what I was thinking? I was thinking, wouldn't it have been something if y'all could have started, you know, because y'all were all, but at that, at that time y'all weren't all known, right? You didn't have a lot of fans. No. It was just fans of Music no. Mafia. That Well, that's it. Now, you know, we all had our, our own, I, I was on Mercury, uh, John had, you know, uh, been kicked out of Lone Star. He, he, he was in Lone Star for a while and then got kicked out of that. And it was working on, on big and rich, like kind of became big and rich at the shows. Cause John and big Kenny, big Kenny had had a deal on Hollywood records and had done his thing. And then those guys kind of found their groove together. They found that they had this uh, magic together and, you know, 
both those guys are crazy talented, man, and and both so opposite and so so polar opposite that. But when they came together and did their thing, there was magic in it, and everybody could feel it. And, and they, you know, it, it was it was pretty fun to watch. But uh, I feel like, um, you know, that kind of creativity, uh, it, it's that's what Nashville's all about. It's about bringing people together and and having those. Um, co-writes are kind of in the same way you find somebody that you really jive with you write as many songs as you can with that person until that feeling in there anymore and then the songs aren't there anymore you know what i mean you you, you try to squeeze all the juice out of it and get yeah. the most out of it and those guys man it was magic when it was happening for sure it seems like all of y'all together as original creators of was you in a, you were one of the original creators of the music mafia thing right yeah, I was I was uh, uh, one of the founding members. Yeah, so it seems like all of them together could have come up with a bar, like Music Mafia Bar, and that was the place where, or a venue. You know what I mean? Something cool like yeah. that, where everybody was always and forever making money together off of something like that, off of that name well, and that 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 legend. Still could absolutely. Probably. Probably still could. I know John Rich has got Redneck Riviera these days, and yeah. he had a private club downtown. Yeah, I, I think that if, if everything was still like the same, if, if all the same players were still involved um, and still, you know, in the mindset of that, I think it could work. And I think that it, it definitely had uh, some cachet there for a while, you know. Uh, maybe it still does. I don't know. Well, you know, when we get Music Mafia Four off the ground, we're going to start looking for <laughs> start looking for locations to, I mean, to make in. a venue. You know what I'm saying, James? Um, yeah, if we can ever have live shows again and, and be a, a nut to butt in a club, I'm I'm all about it. Yeah, nut to butt, boy, that's something. Oh man, especially when you're in diapers. <laughs> now man, it's a God, party, right? Now it's a party. <laughs> nut to butt, diapers city. That's man. something. <laughs> Oh man! Woo, I just threw up in my neck a little bit. Uh, oh man! Uh, Chris, don't act like you were listening. You were looking at something on the internet. No, I looked up uh, nuttobutmafia dot com. Oh, is it up? You don't you, you don't want to check out nuttobutt.com. <laughs> sure. That's just James's secret site. That's what he does now. <laughs> oh, what do you think? Account. What do you think this rig he's got set up for? It ain't it yeah. ain't for podcasting. Hey. Oh, it's for entertaining. <laughs> yeah. It's hey, y'all make sure to check out my OnlyFans account, yeah. man. You can get all of that exclusive content there. I was just about to say, hey, how much do you make on those though? On a serious <laughs> note. Is that pretty lucrative? Should we look into that? Hey, look, if if uh, if shows don't get back to normal soon and I just can't start making some money, you're going to see me on there. So send, don't uh, you worry. Send, give us some tips on it and because uh, we're going to be on there too. Uh, yeah. We're going to call ours nut to butt yeah. and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what this podcast should be called. You know what, James? I think you just changed it. That's Man. damn good. See what I'm saying? Instead of Music nut Mafia 4, nut to butt. Which one's nut and which one's butt? Well, Man. you just have to decide that for yourself. I know, right? <laughs> you know, that's a, that's that's in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. You know, <laughs> where we aim to please, James. Now, in that group of when y'all were doing all that, did you, is that where you met people like Colt Ford and Cowboy Troy, or was that years later? Yeah, no, that was that was it was through those situations. You know, um, cats that would come around and hang out and get up on stage and just make friends. You know. Uh, that's the wonderful thing about being in Nashville is is that you end up, like I said, meeting people that you never would have met before. You stayed in your hometown, uh, um, and it affects 
your future and it affects the things that you do. And, um, I've, I, I feel like really blessed to live in Nashville and, and to be able to meet all the people I get to meet and be able to create with the people you get to create with. Now you sang background vocals on Cowboy Troy's entire album, right? I'm not sure on the entire record, but I sang on a couple of them for sure. And on, you know, uh, that was John Rich producing um, John Rich producing these projects, and he's like, "Hey, want to come make some money, sing some background vocals?" I'm like, "Hell yeah!" How much I'm did poor. you How much did you get make, paid to do that? Scale, you know, whatever scale oh, was yeah. at the time, you get paid. So you not I don't, bad. I don't know when you're, about when, scale. You're, when you're living on eighteen thousand dollars a year at, with a publishing draw, uh, that money looked good. Oh heck yeah. <laughs> So yeah, the reason I asked that was because you. So you're saying it was scale already. Yeah. So Cowboy mm-hmm, yeah. Troy was already signed to a record deal at that point. When he made that record, yeah, he was on Raybal Records, which was Warner Brother imprint. It was Music Mafia's Warner Brother imprint. So we had our own record label wow. at Warner Brothers. Okay. Yeah. So I was getting I was getting paid scale. Yeah. You know, so- it was good. It was good money. And and uh, in Nashville, I had for years and years, I sang demos for all kinds of songwriters that I made, I made more money as a, as a demo singer than I ever made as a, uh, a published writer. I mean, not, not as a, not when I started having hits, but you know, like as my draw as right, a writer right. was nothing. It was literally like 18 grand a year when I first got it, but I was doing, you know, I was singing a couple of demos a day and getting a hundred dollars a song, uh, uh, and working that, that was, that was my main gig. Yeah. Now, how does somebody get involved with demo singing? I need to look into that. I need to sing some demos. Yep, you uh, uh, you get known as a vocalist, and and other writers uh, hire you to sing their songs. Yeah, now, how does one get known as a vocalist? Well, sing your ass off, son. Say, Dang it! Which he does. <laughs> Shoot! <laughs> Dang it! And uh, you got to get fast at it. You got to get you got to get really fast at it. Which that's is like, the like, trick. Uh, that's the trick. You got to go in there and be able to knock it out really quick. You know, you want to. I want to be done in. 25 30 minutes at the most yeah and then get on to the next one because you got that studio time they're paying for and so you got to be fast like like the players are fast you know every a-list player in town will knock out like four or five songs in a session which is only a couple hours so you got to be just as quick to go in and then get your vocals and then also lay down background vocals and and do all that stuff so it was it was uh um you know it was it was good work so you actually went in as a demo singer and laid down the lead and all the background vocals in 30 minutes. Damn right. Absolutely. Son of a gun. Oh, yeah. Happens a lot. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. It's cra- the people. Yeah. I tell you, um, I was telling him one time about, um, uh, well, he, oh, my God, his name just huge uh, uh, harmony singer in town, uh, Russell Terrell. Mm. Yeah, Russell Terrell. Oh, yeah. Russ- Russell. Damn good. Uh, yeah, you get some of those guys, you go in there and it's like, I mean, I, I remember actually like falling asleep while Russell was. He's the only one I would ever like fall asleep on the couch while Russell was doing his harmonies because I know he was harder. He's gonna on, nail it. He was harder on himself than I would ever be. Yep. So at the end of it, he would have all these extra things. Well, in case you need, you can drop that off if you want. I put it in there just to see. You know, I put that extra extra third in there, or, or that uh, high boy or low boy. You know, trying to. Uh, See, see if you like that if you don't you can just take that off and it, you know it was just those guys are amazing when you go yeah, in absolutely and, uh, do that for a living yeah i can't yeah, sing I, harmony I, so i wouldn't know well and that's the thing is i i, I learned to do it and, and train my ear uh to to hear the harmonies and to be able to sing them um and like i said i was yeah i was i was 
that man, that was that was uh, such a good time to learn and, and, and to really grow as a musician. Um, I was making, you know, a thousand, 1500 bucks a week singing songs, songs I'd never heard before. You know what I mean? You run in there, yeah. Hey, they play it down for you on a work tape real quick. And then they play the, the band does that you, they, they give you the, or they give you a work tape before you ever show up. You listen on the way to the, the studio and you lay down four or five songs and you're done. You know what I mean? Was, what's a song? Good. What's a song that you went and demoed back then that ended up becoming huge after it was released I'm trying to th- i'm trying to think of, of any ones that were really big hits um a bunch of them got cut but i don't think any of them were like gigantic hits were they not i don't i don't i don't remember singing anyone that was a smash before it became you know or the smash afterwards i don't i don't remember so maybe i was the wrong guy to hire for demos well it was because <laughs> they didn't release it with you singing that's why i wasn't a smash maybe maybe that was the problem maybe that was the problem it. that's it when you were singing background vocals for the country rap and stuff, did you ever get into rapping, a little country rapping? No, I, I'm, you know, that that ain't my thing. I, I'm not really into, uh, I like 90s rap. I like that stuff from back in the day. Um, name name some I'm of your about, favorite I'm 90s I'm about supporting rappers. my friends. Oh, shit. Uh, Snoop Dogg, uh, Dre. I, I like all that West Coast stuff. Uh, you like, like Vanilla stuff Ice? From back in the day. Oh, I mean, yeah. who didn't like uh, who, who didn't like that one song? What song was it? Who didn't know? Ice Ice Baby? I mean, come on. You know. You don't know, act like you don't know. I do know. Oh, I know he, very knows, well. he knows very well. He is he, like, he's has millions of views of, of uh, actually, you, you sang it with Ice, didn't you? I did. I actually performed. With Ice. No, you know, yeah. I did a, uh, I did a acoustic version of Ice Ice Baby years ago, and it, it has accumulated on YouTube and Facebook and everything. Hundreds of millions of views, crazy God, Dude, God that's stuff, amazing God stuff, and then wow. and then and then Vanilla Ice calls me. I was I was towing cars for my dad, and Vanilla Ice calls me on the phone because so, they had a bunch of people at that time saying, "Hey, uh, I know Vanilla Ice. He's my best friend." I was like, "Yeah, right." And they was like, "What's your number?" <laughs> and at that time, it didn't matter because I was a tow right. truck driver, so I, everybody had my number anyway. So I gave it to him, and then lo and behold, one of those people was right. It really was his friend, and he. Calls me up on the and I said, Glenn Ray's towing. And he goes, Hey man, what's up, Marty Ray? And I'm like, Hey, Glenn Ray's towing. How you doing? <laughs> and he goes, and he's like, Hey, I love your I love your your version of Ice Ice Baby, man. That was that was nice, man. I'm like, appreciate it. How can I help you? Uh and he's like, he's like, this Rob, this Rob right here. I was like, okay. Okay, Rob. Okay, okay cool. Rob. Rob, I, where's your car? Where can yeah. I go pick it up at? <laughs> Did I tow your car for the police last night or what? Uh-huh. I mean, what happened? And then finally he says, it was Vanilla Ice, and he says, hey, I want you to come to Miami. We're starting this I Love the 90s tour. I want you to That's open up. With, I want you to not open yeah. up. He, I want you to headline. So how crazy was it? It was It's still surreal to think about that when I was growing up, because I'm, I'm 38, so when I was growing up, mm-hmm. Uh, I listened to Salt and Pepper and Color Me Bad and Me and too, uh, Coolio yeah. and Vanilla Ice, and then all of a sudden, fast forward years later, I'm I'm on the stage with Vanilla Ice, headlining with him briefly, and all those other people open for me, Salt and Pepper, and I like to say they open for me, not Vanilla Ice. So <laughs> <laughs> that's cool as hell, man. That's yeah, gonna I be on my tombstone. Stuff. Salt yeah, and pepper that- opened for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, I'm. Try- I could brag on myself for days, James. Oh, we know, but no. I won't. You know, <laughs> I, won't I think do I've it. seen that video, man. I think I've seen that video, and I, I don't mean to 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 uh, you know 
I just I I didn't even put that together until just now that that was you. You think you actually saw the acoustic version of it? I've definitely I've definitely seen it. I know that I've seen it. Son of a gun! Ain't that something? You you. you, I'm I'm a little slow on the draw, (laughs) but yes, I do remember that. Absolutely, I've seen it. I'm telling you, the reach of that song is unbelievable, and it's the song. If if I would if that would have just been me singing any song it wouldn't have read but the reach of ice ice baby even for him man that song that copyright is, right there oh man. holy lord Can we you had imagine? him we actually had him on the show as well and uh, he was on awesome. one of the early people we're gonna have him come back and be actually in studio and whatnot but anyway it was i'm just the the size of that song and and what it does what it carries is unbelievable it's it's, it's got to be the biggest hip-hop song of all time has to be so now Hang on now, didn't uh, um, wasn't he hung over the balcony? Uh, that wasn't out true. In Hollywood, that's yeah. not true. No, we we asked him that on the show. I, I already knew it, but not true. I asked him on the show. I said, now you know, I got to ask you about the Suge Knight hanging you over the balcony for the rights to Ice Ice Baby. He goes, that mm-hmm. didn't happen, man. He said, but he said, I'll be honest with you, I knew the game. I was in his city. I had yep. to pay. To play. That's what he said. I had to pay to play. And he said, I knew that they were real gangsters. And uh, so he actually did pay something, but he didn't give up song rights. I was going to say, he did. He, I was going to say, giving up that copyright has got to be outrageous. I can't oh, even imagine. Oh, man. There's Lord no telling mercy. what he's made off of that. He, he's a very rich man. It, he it's got to be about, one of the biggest ever. It, I, think, I think it is. If you look it up. It's got to be. It has to be the biggest hip-hop song of all time. Because everybody, yeah. my, my little children know the song. Well, of course, mine do. Because they, they know my version. Right, but, right. But like, anybody oh, yeah. you come in contact with knows Vanilla We're Ice, 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 Ice Baby. Hell yeah. yeah. Everybody does. Absolutely. I think Charlie Daniels knew Ice, Ice Baby. You I'm know sure what I mean? he did. I People, wouldn't be surprised at all. My buddy Jim Best knows Ice, Ice Baby, believe it or not. Oh, Dizzy? Yeah, are you going to react at all today? Or? No, I'm not. I'm not going to react at all. <laughs> He's I'm just going to stay like this. Ben, put the camera on me. i got to show you what he, he was going. <laughs> I'm just like this. <laughs> He's like, man, how long are you going to set talk? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, he's still talking. Okay. Oh, okay. He's still talking. Okay. So, uh, more about myself. Um, <clears throat> no. Anyway, the uh, we – we got to get together and write a country rap, James. I want to. I'm all about it, man. Let's rapping. do it. You, uh, in 2000, correct me if I'm wrong, 14, you started mm. your own label, Autopilot. Autopilot Records, yes, sir. Is that still who you're under? Is that still operational? Uh, yeah, I mean, basically, yeah, it's just me. It, it, and uh, I'm getting ready to make a new record right now. Um, actually, I've got about five songs in, in the can. And I've been sitting on those for a couple of years. Man, I've been writing regular I, I pretty much write all the time uh so i've got a bunch of songs uh that i'm ready to cut and I, i'm gonna put them out under in some fashion i don't know if we're gonna put a full album out or not i've been talking about uh doing this with my brother-in-law who's got a a, a record label called red street so it might be a combination of red street and autopilot who knows we'll see autopilot is such a genius name though did you think of that or somebody else give you that? Be yeah, honest. yeah, yeah. Look, I use I use my name for all kinds of stuff. I used to get made fun of in, in when I was grade school, you know, call automatic or whatever, you know, all these kids <laughs> making up dumb jokes. Now I've taken all those dumb jokes and put them in publishing companies. I, I have auto-tune publishing. I've auto-tune. got des- <laughs> Desperado good, Touring Company. Desperado. You know, I got 
Desperado. Oh, dang, man. Your name fits with a lot yeah. of stuff, dude. You know, hey, man, I'm going to use it to my advantage, dude. I'm going to start That's using your name do. for you stuff ever, for me. <laughs> you ever thought about doing an autobiography? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, look. That's sick, an Chris. O- bump my fist. I'll sign you an autograph. Bump it. No, bump it. Hurry up. Bump it. James is watching. Bump it. <laughs> Here we go. We bump fist, James. <laughs> autobiography. I'm going to send you guys an I'm going to send you an autograph. Autograph. Oh, man. Yeah. We should just see? go through the whole rest of the show. <laughs> just the rest just, of the show. We can do all what of goes yeah, with just, all of it. Yeah. Ben, you got any hey, autos? My, my new website, my new website, autoerotica.com. Oh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Be yeah. pictures of me like, oh, yeah. <laughs> with, that's that's the thumbnail. That's that, the, that is that's the thumbnail. It. That's the one. Oh yeah. Ben, please screenshot that quickly. <laughs> it's like James Otto. Gets is he wearing erotica. his band aids right now? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's adjusting his band aids. That's all he's that is. Adjusting his, yeah. That's right. <laughs> Can you adjust them again, James? <laughs> Come on, hang on one second. <laughs> Honey, don't touch my band. My nipple. My nipple band aids. <laughs> <laughs> um, on autopilot's records, a genius name. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I said that or not. It's a genius yeah, name. No, no. Um, I appreciate that. You could really use auto with a lot of different things. I don't know if you know that or not. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, I'm trying. Yeah, I'll get. I'll send you some. I appreciate um, that. Thank you. Do you have other artists signed under there? Or is it just no, you? No, no. It's just me. It, it's basically you know just a an entity for me to put out music under. I like that. So yeah, you're you had a falling out with the labels then. I take it. Yeah, I mean, I, I left Warner probably, what, eight years ago or so, um, maybe a little more. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things. If you're in this business long enough, unless you're the biggest star on the planet, um, you're probably going to end up having to figure out another way to release music, which is awesome because there's so many great ways to do it these days. Right. Um, and having the to be able to with social media and all of the streaming sites and everything else, you don't need a record label to succeed. And you see artists do that all the time. And they, it, look, you may not end up, you know, making the kind of money overall that, that major la- labels can help you make. But if you own everything, you can do all right. You can, you can survive in this business and you can thrive in this business if you own it all, if you start giving it away to people and say, Hey, you know, you're going to give you a piece of this and piece of my publishing and all this, that, and the other thing, you know, you're making money for other people and not yourself. And so I'm of the mind to own everything and, Mm. and whatever you make, it's yours. Segway. How much money is in your bank account right now? (laughs) (laughs) Not enough. Not enough. After a year of no shows, man, it's been a rough one. That's the, that's actually something I was going to ask right out there. That's a nice little segue on your end. Thank you, thank you. You're not playing anywhere. So right now, I was going to say, are you playing anywhere no, right now? Not a, not a, a show. I think I did two shows this entire year. Both of them were outdoor shows. Um, and, you know, go from doing 100 shows to doing two shows, that's rough, man. That's a tough thing. So, yeah. um, but uh, you're luckily, doing the- you know. You're doing the Wednesdays. Are you back to doing that? You're gonna. You're getting back to. Doing I will. That. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna start doing it again. Uh, it, it, like I said, I took a, a couple weeks off, um, just you know, to kind of center my head and and get my own stuff together here at the house. But yeah, I, I do shows uh, um, on Facebook every week, and then they end up on YouTube, uh, and I enjoy doing that. But I'm man, I'm looking forward to like seeing people again and playing actual live shows. Yeah, yeah. I think I we all it. are. Oh man. Yeah. 2021's got to be better, man. 
Lord willing, Jesus help us. Yes, sir. James, <laughs> what are your social medias? It's James Otto everywhere, right? Yeah, man. You, you find me. It's James Otto, and that's O-T-T-O. And it's James Otto, not James Otto Vivo or nothing on YouTube. It's just James no, Otto. No, James Otto. Yes, sir. James Otto. You're on Instagram, right? Yeah, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, I don't have a TikTok. Uh, well, eventually, I'm probably going to have to get there. James, um, but those we are the need basics. you at TikTok. We need you over at TikTok. <laughs> Let yeah, us you need know. Me doing little dances and stuff. Well, I can't wait. <laughs> I'm dying with anticipation after I've seen that nipple rub. That I was mean, a double you know nipple saying? rub, and I've seen that. Double. A double. <laughs> yeah. Chris, I don't know if you know this or not, but Chris is a he's a big thing on TikTok. He's got Dude. 400 followers on there. So 450, Marty. Yeah, yeah. I am 450, so okay? Yeah. So whenever you get on TikTok, let him done. know. Let him you know he it. will you push his people to you. Thank you I for will. helping me out, Chris. Oh. I appreciate you. Well, anytime, Marty. And you know what? I mean, Marty's only got like 250. Yeah, that's all I got. 250? Two, 250,000, but it's just 250. <laughs> I got 450. He's got 250. But, but who's counting? Marty's killing I mean, the game, son. Who's counting, James? <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, I think it's you should start a social media company and, and help us all out. <laughs> hey, seriously, we can, we need to collab on something on YouTube and Facebook. I'd love that, man. Let's and do let, it. Let's do it. For real. I want to get Chris involved and. This time with your clothes on. I don't know going to make oh, you do that again. Oh, okay. Mm, it, I, it gets okay. weird, James. It gets weird. When it's hey. on autopilot, it gets weird. Ah, see? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's I even weirder on autoerotica. <laughs> no, that's where it gets it's even fun. weirder. <laughs> that's where it gets fun, James. Hey, we, were, we don't want to keep any longer. We said 10. It's been three hours now. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and, and we only got to record, actually, an hour worth of show. <laughs> So, but beforehand, when we when we were all talking and getting nasty, it was very fun still. So that was a very nice, intimate moment that we had with you, and we appreciate that. <laughs> hey, thanks for having me, buddy. I've never seen anyone do what they what you did to that microphone, but you know, it. I understand why he has an OnlyFans. Yeah, well, hey, look. Yeah. So you got to make money somehow, baby. Don't yeah. ever offer that mic to me to be singing. I won't do it. You couldn't pay me enough. It's you know the COVID saying? side hustle. <laughs> the COVID side hustle. I got yeah, the COVID man. side meat is what I got. Uh, yeah, Man, thank you so much, James. Uh, you've always been such a great friend and just always a class act, brother. Thank, thank you well, so much. Well, I love much. you, brother. Thank At you all end? so much for having me. Now, don't click off now, James. Wait just one right, second right. there. You're a big fella, but you listen now. <laughs> <laughs> we end every show with an unbelievable fact. Oh yeah. All right, all right. You ready for this? Uh -huh. Now we're all we're all big boys. You know, this is gonna be a good one. A shocking one. But it's gonna be a good one. Hey Ben, you wanna do a, do your job for once. You might think it's not true, but I assure you that it is. It's hard to believe it's an unbelievable fact. In 2018. Taco Bell was voted the best Mexican restaurant in America. Can you believe that? Wow. No, I love I Taco Bell. That. That's... I do love Taco Bell. Was that Bell. before or after the quesarita? I think it was before they took all the stuff off the menu. I guarantee you that. I, I do like that steak quesarita. I, I, I'm into that. Yeah. I uh, love Taco that... Bell, but it's not a Mexican yeah, restaurant. No. Hey, no. Mexican food is my favorite food, and that is, that's just a damn shame. Is what <laughs> it is. really is. Now, James, if I was to put a posse together to find, uh, let's see who did this, Harris Poll, the people that ran this poll, you and me 
creating a posse. Chris can ride along too. Thanks. But uh, we go as 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 massive humans. You and I, we're both uh-huh. huge yeah. people. Yes. Um, Chris, we're huge. I'll bring the hair. <laughs> Would I'm you go with Japan. me? Are are you a ride or die to go find the people that said Taco Bell is one of the best Mexican restaurants in America? Can Absolutely. we go kill those people? I'll fight them all. I'll fight every last one of them. Let's that's just, do it. That's just a damn lie. That's they, a lie to the man. devil. It really is. Straight from hell, James. Straight from hell. Absolutely. Now, again, I'm not knocking Taco Bell. I like Taco Bell. Yeah. One of my favorite yeah, fast foods. When I'm drunk at two, three in the morning, I, Taco Bell's delicious. There you go. There you. When you're in the music mafia, you eat Taco Bell a lot. I bet. Did you? Absolutely. Yeah. Them late nights. Absolutely. Apparently, the they judged it nationally based on familiarity, quality, and consideration. Whatever that means. Quality. 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 And their consideration. Meat, like, didn't they have like filler in their beef? Like, wasn't that a thing? Like, I think there was bad. horse meat in there. They actually. Uh, had to change the Taco Bell taco, the heart, the crispy taco in a Taco Bell because it was deemed by the, uh, uh, was it the Food Federation? What is it? The USDA. FDA, USDA as not edible, as not fit for not, human consumption. What? So they changed. Uh, this is back like in uh, early 2000s. They changed. They had to change it because they said it wasn't for human consumption. I, I'll what? just put, wow. put this. I, I I I remember there being definitely a case where they were talking about that meat was not in, entirely meat. Yeah. I, I remember I, this was the I taco just remember shell. That it was a thing. I remember very shell. vividly, very vividly that the, there was a time when they said it was there was horse meat found. They, they found in yeah. the in the beef, and, the, and people said, "Surely How dare that's you not eat true, that." Right? I, I think it horse was meat's true. probably delicious, though, right? But I, I mean, could, let's be I real. still liked it. I still ate it. I, I still liked it. So I, I had some, I th- but then I had a long face afterwards. Was, you had a long <laughs> face. Yeah, I just kind of that was a good. Me. That was a yeah, good joke. I remember a time yeah. when they started advertising 100% beef, which I thought was kind of weird. Oh, you home. remember that, Ben? It was after. It was after the the big controversy. Uh, they had they, they went to 100% beef. Yeah, 100% right. beef, all corn taco shells now. Who'd have thought mm. the Taco Bell had to yeah, actually say it, that? Ed- they've come a long way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, uh, that would be an awesome thing. Now, we have taco shells that are actually fit for human consumption. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and then I go eat one. I'm like, I don't like that. I don't no, like that as much. No, that ain't for me. <laughs> that don't taste as good. Can we go back to the other one? The other one was better. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, James, we appreciate you. I love you to death, brother. I know I don't know you, but I'm in love with you now. <laughs> And, uh, oh, see, it, that's what I'm talking about. It might have like been. See me rub my nipples. I think that's what <laughs> that's it was. It At that moment, I, I just it. said, "I get it. I'm in love." It's a thing. <laughs> and he, and thank God he's a big fella. Yeah, we ain't gonna hold you any longer. So God bless you, and thank you for putting up with us. Thank you so much. James. All right, I enjoyed it, y'all. It was so much fun. Ah, thank y'all so much for listening to the Marty Ray Project chats, and a big thank you to Rode for supplying the sound with Rodecaster Pro. Whether you like what you heard or hated what you heard, subscribe and rate us anyway. Let us have it.